When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Action fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am Chris the Brain. Joining me, as always, Mr. Chad Cruz. Chad, how's it going? Things are going wonderfully. I always love the energy you bring to this open. And rejoining us once again, we haven't heard from him since our Star Wars episode, Mr. Ryan Campbell. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, I'm happy to be back for a non-Star Wars related uh, foolery. I'm ready. All right. That's what I like to hear. And I just said, all right. We'll see how many times I say it in this episode. Now, uh, any feedback, Chad, from our uh, episode we did with uh, the real Todd Gaines, where we discussed Brandon Lee. Nope. (laughs) Again, he gives me me so much in this introduction. I know you were a fan of it, Chad. Um, Did get some good feedback on that show. And if you haven't listened, of course, it is in the archives. Uh, I also want to, before we get into this show, talk about our next episode, which is going to be all about Mark DeCoscos. And right now, across our social media platforms, the Mark DeCoscos challenge is going on. Everyone is being asked to list their top five, rank their top five Mark DeCoscos movies. And then on our next episode, episode eight, we will count down the best of Mark DeCoscos. Awesome. The real Marky Mark. It's about time that someone uh, brought him to the spotlight that he deserves, that he's deserved for a long time. Well, yeah, he certainly has. And, uh, and it's going to be a legit countdown to it. The, what you vote that the votes are, what's going to drive this, this top 10. It's not just going to be, uh, you know, my personal favorites that I jam in there. So whatever it is, you know, you guys are going to shape the show. So you could do that on our social media platforms, Facebook, we're at Bulletproof Action, Instagram at Bulletproof Action, and on Twitter at Bulletproof Pod. So again, you'll have to this Friday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, when it drops, we'll do it to the end of the week and then we'll get it. The uh, list will be compiled and we will be back for episode eight to reveal the results of the Mark DeCoscos challenge. I'm going to create so many fake accounts and vote for my favorite DeCoscos movies. Uh, it's it's not even going to be fair. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm don't worry. If, if you're now. listening, people, don't worry because he's not going to do that because that's, yeah, work. Work. <laughs> that's more work than he's ever put into the site in his life. So he's not about to start now. Oh, you son of a bitch. So... You know, some of you may be going through football withdrawal, although it's coming, isn't it? The XFL! But if the the NFL is over at this point, XFL not yet started. So we're in that sweet spot. We're going to give you your football fix here because we're talking about the gridiron gladiators, the men who made the transition from the football field to action movies 
And you cannot start this discussion without talking about the two trailblazers, Fred the Hammer Williamson and Mr. Jim Brown. Absolutely. And, you know, two two of my favorite NFL players turned actors, uh, and they're at the top of the list for a reason. They were the first ones to do it and maybe the best ones to do it and, and still doing it today. Um, I, I don't know when the last time Jim Brown made a movie was, but Fred Williamson probably has like 28 movies this year coming out. Yeah, he, he's uh, still busy. Uh, yeah, the hammer's still getting it done. Nazi Doomsday Device, I believe, was a recent one. Uh, our good friend uh, Dom Stark was a part of that. Awesome. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, they came in at a time, they had already started acting in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. But as the 60s turned to the 70s, uh, the movie landscape was changing in a major way, uh, partially because America itself was changing and, and you had you know more people moving out to the suburbs. And, you know, theaters being built out there or drive-ins becoming popular. So you had these, uh, you know, inner city theaters in the urban areas that kind of became grindhouse uh, theaters. And black exploitation became a huge part of that, along with uh, a lot of the kung fu movies and whatnot. So this is where, you know, The Hammer and Jim Brown really started getting role after role after role and being able to be like the main star and and these action heroes. I think it's, it's really cool from a cultural perspective to think this was pre social media, pre just a lot of just, you know, where athletic stars and sports heroes were just overexposed to the point they are now. And it made sense for maybe more. And this is something even the NFL has always struggled with now where you have sport like basketball, where the, the players and their personalities are so they just come out on the court, you know, and you had you saw that with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and other basketball stars that kind of were in action movies, but it's harder in football because you're wearing a helmet the entire game. You're you're kind of just look like one of the other guys that are out there, and once the game's over, you don't you know back then you didn't get a ton of insight. You, they didn't have social media. You didn't have you know ESPN and all these networks where you could watch these people and see them all day. So for a star to kind of break through and, 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 you know, be able to have the personality to be in a movie like that, I think just speaks to these guys, kind of their charisma and, and everything that, that made them marketable. Right. And I, you know what I think, you know, you just said that you're right on point there, but most of the guys that, that we talk about on our list are guys who were larger than life on the field as well as on screen. Exactly. The other thing to to think about is, is the salaries back then. They aren't what they are, you know, now, certainly. So, right. you know, you needed another uh, source of income when your playing days were over. Some of them, you know, would double dip while they were playing, you know, in the off season doing things. Um, a lot of, a lot of uh, football players were wrestlers for that very reason. When it was the off season, they'd, they'd wrestle because you weren't making those guaranteed millions and millions of dollars. So, it makes sense that you do, you had two guys with some marketability like Williamson and Jim Brown who, who made that leap. Well, and also just the beating they were taking on their bodies is, you know, all these retired ex players now that, that aren't, aren't so old of age, but look like they're just, you know, they struggle to do anything and they've got all these history of head injuries. So, I mean, yeah, that, that these guys were even able to, to go be in a movie, I think was, was, you know, to speaks to their athleticism and their, and their kind of physical fitness. 
yeah, the fact that they could see straight or think clearly is a, is a miracle of science. Yeah, Jim Brown now is is kind of rough. He was at the uh, I don't remember. It was one of the championship games where they announced like the top uh, eleven. I don't know why it was eleven, not ten, but it was the, la- the top eleven players for the last hundred years because it's the hundred year anniversary of the NFL. And he was on stage, and and yeah, he's a uh, he he lumbers around quite a bit. He's he looks a little rough. Remember when he did commentary for UFC? Does anybody remember that? No, I, do I do not know. Or the very earliest, uh, I don't know if it was UFC one, but it was the early two, three, something like that. Might have been one, but he was on commentary for uh, the the original UFC, and it was brutal to listen to. <laughs> he he didn't have a lot of insight. Let's just put it that way. Uh, just but, just wanted him for the uh, I guess star power, make it seem legit yeah, like name. a sport. Back yeah. in those early days of the yep. Now I think Fred the Hammer. Uh, was interviewed on Bulletproof Action uh, and had probably one of the greatest answers in any interview we've done on that site, where I think I asked him about what movie uh, fans ask him most about, and he put it very succinctly, black folks like Black Caesar, the white folks like From Dust Till Dawn. There you go. <laughs> and I thought that was, one of, again, the, one of the greatest answers of all time. And I know, Chad, you're a big fan of uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I love movies like that because it starts out as, as this genre. And then at some point, it like just decides to be a totally different genre. And it takes you by surprise if you don't know what you're in for already. And, you know, it's Reservoir Dogs at the beginning. It's like crime. And then all of a sudden it's like this crazy action vampire movie. So you're, if you don't know what you're, you're watching from the beginning, you're totally caught off guard and you're like, what the hell did I just find myself in? And he plays like the perfect, like bat, like I can picture him at this crazy bar strip club, you know, just hanging out, smoking a cigar. Oh, and yeah, that cigar is, is uh, always with him in every film. I yeah. think I, I read somewhere where he has certain, demands in any film and yeah he gets to smoke a cigar he gets the lady um nice. and you know he he does what he wants on his films and if he doesn't want to do it he's not going to do it so he he calls his shots there um uh, another thing that you know williamson and brown actually got to work together in some cases mm-hmm. uh, i know one of my favorites actually happened after kind of their heyday was original gangsters which to me was kind of the expendables of black exploitation because they brought back just about everybody that was, you had Richard Roundtree, Pam Greer was with them. Uh, everybody was there all in under one roof uh, fighting, you know, these, these street gangs of the, of the nineties, I believe it was early nineties. So awesome piece of business. Um, I like that one. Original gangs doesn't, those two are the OGs of, of what we're talking about. So it's perfect. Yeah. That was a fun one. Cause you used to always see it on late night. Uh, you know, whatever Showtime or whatever, whatever channels it would be on late, late in the evening. And I remember as a kid watching that one and not having as, uh, not knowing these characters, these actors as much as I do now, of course, but right. like seeing them in these roles later in their life and be like, man, these guys are badasses. And then seeing some of their earlier flicks like Black Caesar and be like, holy crap, what have I been missing? This one was actually one, uh, was a bonding experience with uh, me and my dad. 
because he was big into the Shaft and Superfly movies right. back in the day. I could see so Kenny he, K. Yeah, I could see. That. Oh yeah, he rented it. And he's like, oh, so he knew all about him. And yeah, that was I was like you. That was kind of my first exposure to him. <laughs> that was his uh, Avengers. <laughs> it was, yeah. And so it was at that time. So yeah, but then uh, much like Chad, I eventually would go back and watch some of their earlier stuff. And yeah, it's like okay, I get it. I get why these. You know, they were so popular and these they just kept making these movies one right after the other. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about John Matuzak, who is probably best known as Sloth from the Goonies. But he actually did have a chance to be himself without the Sloth makeup in a movie called One Man Force, which you can find a review for on BulletproofAction.com. He plays a cop. Partner Sam J. Jones uh, is killed. And obviously, John Matuzak steps in and wants to find out what happened. You got Ronnie Cox in there. And is he going to be evil Ronnie Cox or Beverly Hills Ronnie Cox? <laughs> I don't know. But those are uh, the two Ronnie Coxes available. Yeah, those are the two available. Um, sadly, is when this movie was released, uh, Matuzak passed away. Um, so he actually probably could have done more, especially in that 90s direct to video era, I have to imagine. He'd have gotten more work, but uh, for most part, I think he'll he'll forever be known as Sloth, which is a good thing to be known for. I mean, that the Goonies is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, it's the film that kind of um, a lot of us grew up on. Any any of these kids from the '80s uh, or even later, I guess probably. But but even though you're known as Sloth, the fact that you can do a one man force kind of movie, and it, yeah, one man force is basically your average cop revenge not in a revenge justice movie but and it's it's not the most memorable film but the fact that it had sam j jones ronnie cox like they they surround him with other good actors and right. give him every opportunity to to succeed as a leading guy i mean that's pretty cool yeah you, you could definitely tell there was some sort of plan in mind right. to, to get him on that track of of somebody that could be marketable and, and could you know, sell videos or hopefully tickets eventually. It's a common um, theme throughout this list as well. Yeah. I just, I enjoy as we keep going through when, I don't know if it was just cause we expected less acting wise, but like these guys were bona fide action stars. I feel like nowadays, whenever a, uh, a lot of them come over, it's almost used in more of a comedy route. Like my head kind of goes to like Adam Sandler and, and between, you know, Waterboy and, uh, he's had other like Bill Romanowski and a few others that have kind of done stuff in movies and he did the longest yard. And I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of times if they're ever brought in, it's kind of just for a gag or for comedy purposes. Uh, not as like a bona fide knockdown action star. Um, so it's nice to see like, yeah, these guys were badasses back then. Everyone knew it. Um, you know, half of them were Oakland Raiders who were, you know, right. all just rough and tough badasses when, back when they used to actually release VHS tapes of the hardest hits in the NFL and like you'd buy a tape of it. Now it's like, Oh gosh, we can't do that. So uh, yeah, I mean back uh, to not sound like back when men were men, but it's a, it's a different time now. You also have to think, you know, who were the big action stars at that point was Arnold and, and Stallone who were like larger than life. So, that, you know, that's what Hollywood was looking for. Who's, who's a larger than life person that could be our next Arnold or, you know, now, obviously, things are much different. Uh, our action heroes uh, have a lot of CGI help, and um, 
superhero costumes for the most part. So it's a different time, as you said, Ryan. Chad, we are now going to talk about a movie I'm surprised you've never reviewed. Mm -hmm. It's called Destroyer, and it stars the one and only Lyle Alzado. I mean, this movie's got you written all over it. It has possibly one of the coolest covers I've, <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, I randomly clicked on it. Uh, I don't know, maybe about forty-five minutes ago, um, when I, you know, when I was doing my in-depth research on this podcast uh, for this podcast, and and I Im immediately saw that poster and uh, like started looking up about this movie. Like, what can I find about this movie? Because now I want to watch it because this poster looks so cool. And I remember Alzado being like this extreme badass and, you know, he died pretty early and, uh, you know, steroids are a big part of that. I know. And, um, yeah, it was just like, he was one of those characters that, uh, just being on the field, it, it, he, he could have worn an entire, like you could have covered his entire body head to toe and he still would have like shown charisma and character on the field. So the fact that he does in the movie screen, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. So let me paint a picture for this poster and describe it for you. We have uh, a, a body there with a with a skull for a head, but just the skull. Once you get to the chin, it like there's flesh. There is electricity and lightning flowing through the muscled biceps, mm -hmm. and the man is holding what appears to be a jackhammer, but not just any jackhammer. It's for one, it's a giant jackhammer. Mounted on the top of this jackhammer is a scope, like. A sniper jackhammer? I don't really know. The jackhammer would only be able to work in close quarters, so I'm not entirely sure what a scope would do. But out of the scope is a laser just shooting out of it, so I'm assuming it's also a laser-guided scope of some sort. And then we have the tagline, 3,000 volts couldn't kill him. It just gave him a buzz. That's amazing. That, 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 that right there. <laughs> yeah. How, how have we not covered this movie? Yeah, we are no, we are shirking our responsibility here. Yeah, that one's getting added to the, the list, and it's going to be added to the top of the list. <laughs> we often joke joke amongst ourselves, eventually we're going to run out of this stuff. So we should actually be somewhat relieved and, and happy that we're still finding things that we need right, to watch. Right. You. For every time I think, oh man, what are we going to do? Yeah, you unearth six more that's like, oh, never heard of these. Here we yeah. go. And you forget like, Sometimes, you know, you get writer's block, you stop, you're like, man, what am I going to write about next week? Just remember from, from here on out, go back, look at the Oakland Raiders roster in the early 80s. <laughs> there you go. And find a movie. You'll find one somewhere. In literally the black hole, you'll find a movie. <laughs> okay, now we're going to talk about arguably the most successful. I would say certainly the, certainly the most prestigious. I feel like he kind of got to the yeah. most prestigious level. We're talking about the Carl Weathers. Uh, obviously Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies was his big break, which kind of got him out there to the world. He was in the greatest action movie of all time, Predator, um, and then got to be the star of one of my personal favorites, Action Jackson, part of the Baxley Three, the Carl Weathers, the best of the best. Can we say that? I would say yes. And to bring it all back around, for one, he's he's the he's kind of reached that incomparable one where just me growing up younger and, and kind of knowing him more from Rocky um, and other things, it was, he's one of the only ones on this list that I knew as a movie star first and then learned that he had played football. Right. So that was that he probably was the only ones on this list. That's that way. And not to mention, he's also was, was in the Mandalorian, one of the hits right. of, of the fall here. 
Um, so fresh in my mind for that. And he, and he was really good in it. Right. He's another one who's, who's still going strong and that, and that's great. Yeah. You said that Ryan, and I, that's probably the same with me. Like I, I didn't realize at the time that he played football professionally cause he didn't, he didn't play for very long. He wasn't like a, a massive star like Alzado or Jim Brown. Um, he, he didn't really like hit it off in the NFL, but, um, on the screen, I mean, it, it takes what, 15 seconds to, to realize that the guy is just like cool as hell. And it you watch Action Jackson, you're like, how did this not <laughs> become a hit? How did it not like gather this massive cult following and, and get sequels? I don't I don't get it. Everything is there. There should have been more Action yeah. Jackson. I will say that until my dying day. A good idea for a future podcast is is movies that should have started uh entire and probably if they came out today would be an entire series that didn't quite make it that'd be a good good feature i would, I would put that i would add remo williams to that list very quickly that was another well. one i immediately thought of too when we were kind of talking about it but yeah i mean in another one carl weathers did uh death hunt with charles bronson um another i think the thing i always find about carl weathers is the cool names like in death hunt he's his name was sundog that's <laughs> That's awesome. Sundog, Apollo, uh, Jericho Jackson. I mean, this guy, this guy's got some cool names, which fit the man himself. I mean, just, yeah, his charisma, his smile, his laugh. I mean, this guy's, he's one of a kind. He's a superstar and uh, mustache. Oh, the cool. Yeah. He he does look a little odd without the mustache where he doesn't have it. He's also done some, He's also done some pretty good voice work. Uh, obviously, his voice is is that buttery smooth. I know he did like uh, the the HBO Spawn series, and he's done a few other like some voiceover. He was in work. Toy Story, I believe, as the uh, soldier. I can't think of. He had a. I think Combat Carl was his name in that. Huh. Maybe something to, something to that effect. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he was even in in that. Which you know, you get that Pixar money business picking up for he's, you. He's got that Star Wars and that Pixar money. Very true. Very true. So the Carl Weathers, we can kind of agree the best of the best on this list. Talked about Action Jackson being part of the Baxley three. Then between uh, footballers, I'm going to mention it so we get it in. You had Action Jackson with the Carl Weathers. Then uh, Baxley took a break from footballers, went with Dolph Lundgren and I come in peace and then returned to the football world with a man doing his first movie ever and his best movie ever. Yeah. Brian Bosworth, AKA the Boz. He was stone cold. Oh my gosh. This movie, uh, if you had, if you had picked a, just like this larger than life NFL player and you were going to put him in any film and look the way that he looks in that movie, saying that he's a cop is like the, just like a slap in the face to law enforcement. (laughs) Like he looks ridiculous, uh, but he's so awesome. In the film, it plays to like every bit of like charisma that he has, and like lack of acting, I guess, probably part of it as well. But the action scenes are intense. The freaking villains are amazing, and undercover cops investigating biker gangs. I mean, that is 1991 right there to me. I mean, the guy the guy was in a movie called One Tough Bastard. My favorite movie title ever. <laughs> was it your favorite movie though? No, I I, I own it and it's bad. Uh, but the title, 
Bruce Payne, oh, he's so bad in it. Boz, you know, had a, a pretty lengthy career, most of it direct to video. And uh, I would say I'm probably being kind when I say 50 50 as to good and bad movies out of that yeah, bunch. Very kind. Um, I know there's a few that hit the what not to watch button on in my world. But uh, yeah, like you said, just. I mean, how could you deny that he fit the, right. the part of action star in 1991? Again, they were still trying to find that next Arnold Schwarzenegger because, well, why not? The man was making money hand over fist. Every movie he had was a hit at that point. So let's get another Arnold. And they were trying with everybody. I think the fact that Bosworth was so recognizable and people knew him so well that it hurt the fact, like it hurt his career as an actor because his NFL career didn't pan out and it like, you know, getting, just getting steamrolled by Bo Jackson, like just destroyed him. And when he went to movies and was playing this like old Supreme badass, like, I don't know. I, I felt like people had this like bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. And Stone Cold came out in 91 and his next film didn't come out for five years. You know what I mean? So right. it's like, it's almost like would he have been, would he have been better off? if his first role was as a, as a villain, like he had some, some villainous roles first until he kind of got that, that uh, stink off of him from his football career. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the movie equivalent of a squash match, like in wrestling, isn't it? Like you, you, you make him a villain, give him, Mm -hmm. give him some brutal kills to kind of build him up before you, before you put him back in. Because even going back again, I, I will bring his name up. So we continue to read Dolph Lundgren, you know, that's kind of, he was perfect to be Ivan Drago. Yeah, in his first movie, and it established him, and it's like, oh, look at this guy, and then they, you know, started toying with him as the as the hero because he had a great look. Would if he even got that chance if he wasn't Ivan Drago and that didn't do as do as well as it did? Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a way that again to keep making wrestling references, but that's kind of what happens is someone is supposed to be a bad guy, but they just ooze so much uh, badassness that people want to cheer for him. So then once you do flip them and make them the hero, they're hooked. Whereas if they just came out from the get go as the hero, you know, people don't really buy it or they're not as interested. And again, I think Boz obviously, you know, he ruffled some feathers back in the day. And uh, so, yeah, you, you could have a point. The public didn't want him, And uh, that probably is why stone cold kind of was it for him for a while. Yeah. And it, it, it's funny is like some of his early movies, he's, you know, he plays, you know, an undercover cop or he plays a, like a detective or a military guy or something like that. But there's one movie squeezed in there somewhere where he plays like a banker. I want to say that. I think that was I think I, I that may be Midnight Heat, but he was. But he was, it was like a some sort of deep cover type. Like, yeah, you know, they gave him a fake identity where he was this banker. But really, he was this stone cold killer. And that, but that, And that's like. To me, that's like too much for the guy, right? Let him be one tough bastard. Let him, <laughs> let him be Commando. Give like Arnold. What made Arnold Arnold? He had movies like Commando. Like, let him just kick the shit out of people and throw razor blades at people or whatever. Like you know, saw blades at people and pitchforks. Like just let him just kick the shit out of guys. Like that. Right. That's how you build a guy up. You, you have the squash match, as Brian said. Like he needed that to get his career off to a good start. And Stone Cold was a good start because it had um, Hendrickson, it had uh, William Forsythe, it had all of these guys in there to play against who were, were amazing, but they don't, in my mind, they don't share enough scenes together. 
So he doesn't get to play enough off of some of those guys. And, and they're in it quite a bit together, but like he's like overshadowed too much by them because they're so good. All right. Well, if we're done rebooking uh, the Baza's film career. <laughs> I'm just now starting. Let's, let's keep going on this new podcast. Uh, I mean, he is doing Dr. Pepper commercials now, so he, we may need a... Moving on. Here's a guy I'm pretty sure he was one and done with this one. Howie Long. I know, Chad, you're a big Howie Long fan. I am. Yeah. As a kid... I, I don't even know how it happened, but I, I became a Howie Long fan at one point. I remember I had his jersey and, you know, starting lineup characters were big back in the day. And I remember having those. And I think it was part of it was his flat top it was always so cool. Um, Did you want that haircut or were you sticking with the duty? Uh, I, I, I never went with the Howie Long haircut, but um, yeah, I was still duty cop at that time. It was, he still rocks it too. I mean, man, that, that, that that flat top is still strong. And and he, you know, he had the one big uh, leading role in Firestorm, which is a movie that I still love to this day. But he did have smaller roles like in Broken Arrow and uh, mm-hmm. 3000 Miles to Graceland and stuff like that. So he's been around a little bit. I wonder for him if it he didn't take off as a football announcer. Mm-hmm. As you know, obviously he's one of the, the mainstays of, of NFL on Fox's pregame show. And he's done a few play-by-play and stuff like that. If not for that, would he have done a little bit more in the acting? Because some of those guys, if you're trying to come off as a serious journalist, it may have kind of compromised right. that to also be out there making these action movies. So it makes you wonder if if his you know post-career didn't take off into the commentary analyst world, would he have... Uh, stayed with the movies right and and how much are they paying him too i mean yeah he has I'm no sure need to make a movie i mean play some golf relax right. with nothing going on right terry bradshaw's making a bunch of shitty movies like in the off season but yeah i i it you're probably right that's probably a big part of it he doesn't he doesn't like have this desire to have another career because he's already got a pretty darn good one just well yeah and it, it could depend on how many uh wives he's had in his life too that's true that that could be, and to me, he's almost the opposite of what we were talking about with with the Boz. Is I think Howie Long was so beloved that it made sense mm-hmm. for him to to go out there and oh yeah, we'll 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 build Firestorm around him and, and make him a hero because people already like him. He's a likable guy. It made sense to put him in that heroic role. Right. Yeah. That's kind of I kind of think of him as like a modern day uh, Terry Crews is like that, who played football. And I don't, I can't recall him ever playing a villain. I mean, and part of that is because the guy's just so darn likable. That smile, him flexing his pecs around and everything, to where all of his all of his movie roles have been, you know, kind of the good guy. I can't remember him ever playing the bad guy. And I'm glad you brought up Terry Crews because I remember like when The Expendables was coming out, mm-hmm. and they were built, you know, hype. Oh, here's who's in it. And it got to Terry Crews, and I'm like, who in the hell <laughs> is Terry Crews? Am, am I supposed to know? Like, has he done all these? Because everybody else was like an action movie legend. And it's like, and here's Terry Crews. And I'm like, that one kind of always bothered me. But uh, yeah, Terry Crews, definitely another man that, that we should talk about here. Um, he's, you know, has done some memorable stuff in The Expendables. Also, uh, a lot of TV stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of parlayed his action career into non-action work because he was, you know his role in the expendables is kind of like funny, brash, more character, you know, like loud lap laughing all the time. Like 
he brought that to the team and and I think he's parlayed that into was it Brooklyn nine one or nine nine or whatever it is. Yeah, Brooklyn nine nine. And he, and he hosts American America's Got Talent, so he's got yeah. that. I mean, he's one of the more likable people on TV, probably. Speaking of TV, another man on our list, Fred Dreyer, who was on the 80s cop action show Hunter. You know, and Hunter doesn't get the uh, maybe accolades that some of its flashier contemporaries like the A-Team or Knight Rider would get. Uh, but the thing lasted seven seasons. So they were doing something right over there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where it was probably well-liked and a decent show at the time. And for whatever reason, just didn't break through into that kind of cultural, you know, zeitgeist like shows like 18 did. So, I mean, like, you know, not everything kind of breaks it through to become multicultural and endearing forever, but it doesn't mean necessarily it was probably a bad thing. It didn't have its own fans at the time. Um, he also did a movie, uh, Death Before Dishonor, which if you want to read about that, guess what? There's a review on BulletproofAction.com for that what? one, too. That's right. So, that's, see, we've covered Death Before Dishonor and One Man Force, but not Destroyer. It's <laughs> baffling. You uh, just never know what you're going to get on BulletproofAction.com, though. That's one you, of the good things. You know what's funny about Hunter is I, um, it's definitely not as well-known as shows like, you know, Magnum PI or, or something like that. But, and I, I, I think that part of it is cause like as a lead character, Fred Dreyer doesn't have like the same sex appeal. Like he looks like a normal dude. He looks like a dude who would be a cop or, you know, be right. a he's a, he's an every man. Yep. He, he has a thin neck. Unlike a lot of these other guys, which their neck runs right up to their ears. Right. And that, maybe that's it. I don't, I don't know. Maybe like, that works well for realism, but it doesn't work well for, you know, putting butts in the seats kind of thing. Yeah, he wasn't that larger than life uh, right. character. No, no, that makes sense. But speaking of larger than life characters, the football tradition continues. Gronk, Rob Gronkowski is I love made this. A, I love this. Has made a movie, maybe more yeah. than one, but I know one for sure because again, there's a review of it on bulletproofaction.com. Yes, and if you had to pick out a, a well, he's not current player anymore, but a player maybe in, by the time you listen to this, he'll be current again because he may come back. But Rob Gronkowski is probably that one player, like uh, Alzada, like some of these guys who you would expect to to parlay his NFL career into something outside of it. Is he going to do porn? Maybe. Is he going to do action movies? Most definitely. WWE's been going for him. WWE. So Rob Gronkowski, I, I, I uh, in the last few months, ran into this Blu-ray copy of a little film called American Violence, which if you're listening to this, I hope you, you check out bulletproofaction.com. Check out the review for it. And uh, you'll see what my thoughts on this film exactly are and, and, and how much time Gronkowski spent on set which you can expect it probably wasn't that long. Ooh, quite the teaser. So if you haven't checked it out, it's on the site right now. He just, he's so, he's always been that kind of eighties throwback. Even when he was playing the, the meat head larger than light, like he, you know, would run his head through a brick wall to hype himself up for a game. And for him to right. now move that into doing action movies is just perfect. Like he is a throwback in every, in every, I mean, he he shows up at WrestleMania and gets into a battle royal. Like he's a 
80s throwback football player in every aspect of, of his life. Yeah, it's funny about this film is it it's you know it's not going to win any awards, of course, and there wasn't a, a hundred million dollars dumped into it, but there's all kinds of recognizable actors in it who help carry the load of the film. You know, Michael Paré's in it, Bruce Dern's in it, Denise Richards, like people that you recognize, Johnny Messner. Like it's like every scene there's someone that like oh I know that guy or I know that girl. You know what I mean? So he has every opportunity to shine. So read on and see what you think. Yeah. A lot of Chad Cruz favorites in that one. I could see why you picked that up. Mm-hmm. And you know, to me, uh, Gr- uh, Gronkowski, I, I wonder uh, if his hero was ogre from uh, revenge of the nerds. <laughs> it seems like that would be, it wouldn't be shocking if, if, that, yeah. if that was somebody he looked up to. That would be apropos. Well, is there anybody we've forgotten? I'm sure there's a few, but I... I think there's an asterisk next to this guy's name, but if you're talking about football players and you don't mention The Rock... Yeah, I thought you were going to go there. Yeah, he never made it to the NFL, though. NFL, of course, but, I mean, the most successful football player turned actor, I think. Well, football player turned wrestler. Turned, turned actor. wrestler turned, yeah. yeah. He, he took he took the long route, but he got there, yeah. and, and he, it was worth the wait for him. Wrestler. Yeah, he's more well-known as a wrestler than a football player, so I... I I feel like, you know, and of course there's also uh going not, not too many action movies, but uh, definitely was a, was a player in movies and TV, Bubba Smith. Yeah. You know, high tower from the police Academy movies. He did do a, a movie again, cheap plug bulletproofaction.com for drifting school, which seems to be an interesting film. You can check that out. Bubba Smith was a, a big part of that, but yeah, he, there's another guy you did not mention, but, Deserves at least a mention. He got it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a massive body. You know what I mean? Like those are the kinds of people at the time where um, just his frame and his size and men's size. Like you, you can find a role for this guy because he's so damn big. Uh, Lawrence Taylor did a little bit of work. He, I don't think he's ever been the lead in a movie. I know he did like some in any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in, uh, in hell with Van Damme. I think he was. Oh, in, that is right. Very uh, good. Yeah, I forgot about that. But one. not as never, not like these other guys where they kind of got their name on the marquee, you know, to drive the movie. I think he just kind of dabbled in a little bit of acting. Right. I'm sure there'll be more. There'll be more. There will be more. I'm sure the tradition will continue. Well, especially because we see a lot of guys retiring early because of some of these injury scares and and concussions. I mean, we every year there's like there's a guy that two or three years in the league, you know, gets that first big check and then, and then they retire out. And so, I mean, these guys are in their early thirties and they've got all this time and all this money to kind of do what they want. And I mean, it'd be interesting to see if some of them kind of move in and do more there. You see a lot of them getting into MMA or, you know, we need to get more of them doing some action movies. Yeah. There's only so many broadcasting jobs. There's only so many local radio jobs available. So eventually they're going to slide their way over into the next, uh, Michael Orr's film or something, you know? Yeah. And, and I think the direct to DVD streaming service thing has kind of revitalized the, you know, act B list action movie. So, I mean, there's plenty of, there's plenty of spots to get these guys, you know, some, some action roles and see if they can become the next rock or something like that. I dig it. And you know, there's a website that will gladly review those films and do interviews if they're interested, if they're interested, that's right. <laughs> and that is of course, bulletproofaction.com. The Bulletproof Podcast, the official podcast of BulletproofAction.com. 
We want to thank you for listening. And we are about to have some fun here uh, because we are going to have our own version of draft day here on the podcast. I feel like I need to do the, uh, the ESPN little noise they do before you draft somebody sports fans know what I'm talking about. I'm sure they do. Maybe we will. Maybe I'll do that in post, as they say in the business. Um, But what we're going to do is we're going to pick kind of our dream Expendables-like team with seven action heroes. We are going to pick from all action heroes, living and or dead. So we're each going to pick seven, and we're going to start with Ryan Campbell, since he is the guest on our show. I get the first pick. You get the first overall pick. And plus, your Bengals get the first overall pick uh, in the actual draft, do they not? Yeah, they do. Joe Burrow is on the way. So it's only fitting that you you get the pick then. Well, it, it seems like that's a a good thing, but it's actually really hard because you look at this and there's there's that kind of Mount Rushmore of action stars. Once you start really breaking down, who in the heck do you take first? It gets tricky, but I don't want to overthink it too much. So I mean I gotta take Arnold. It's gotta it's gotta be Arnold, right? Can you go wrong with that? Really? I don't think you can. I mean there's there's definitely like kind of that Mount Rushmore of the top four or five that are probably all, we're all gonna go to, but I mean you're gonna give me an action star number one. I gotta take Arnold Schwarzenegger. Makes sense to me. Chad Cruz, your first pick. Okay. So I totally agree with Ryan's selection. Uh, he's the he's the top, top dog. So I went with a little bit of a different strategy. So I'm I'm building a team here. And you said expendables, but I think predator. So okay. I need a leader. I need a leader out there. So I'm going to pick Clint Eastwood. Oh, Clint Eastwood. He was on. He was on my list. I thought I could get him in the later yeah. round. He's a badass, and I'm. He's leading my team right now. He's kind of like he. He. Well, I guess if we're going, even in his prime, he always was kind of the more meticulous, like the the Hannibal kind of role. It's kind of orchestrating all these meatheads mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to go with someone I believe was picked number one in a draft prior to this. I'm going to choose The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Smart move. That's a solid pick. That's, yeah, that's definitely, I, I think if we're going to say who is the most, the closest to like a modern day Arnold, it's it's got to be The Rock. Yeah, if you want to make much money in your film, that's who you And that, that was the thing. I want people to come see this movie, so I'm putting The Rock in. After that, I could pick anybody, probably. Pretty much. You could put him in with a bunch of a CGI monkey crocodile and wolf and a million it'll make a hundred million dollars and turn him into a scorpion let's do it all right ryan campbell all right we're back to me so i want to i want to have a nice rounded out team so i can't just go you know all muscle guys i i need a a more kind of more capable a little bit quicker guy so i mean i'm going chuck norris he's got to be the top one in that in that row all right chuck norris and if I ever need just plenty of B-roll in my film, like, oh, I need to see how this guy actually calls his oh, pizza oh, oh. order, I'm going Here Chuck Norris. Go. Here we go. That's right. Nothing gets cut on a Chuck Norris nope, movie. You see every little bit. Let's watch him fill out a form. Okay. <laughs> Chad, you're number okay. two. So I'm still thinking about my team. I've got I've got the leader. I've got, I've got Clint. Uh, now I need his number two who also plays off him in a way that is similar in style, but, but different. He's he adds some edge, some, a little bit of comedy to it. I'm taking Mel Gibson. Ah, the lethal weapon himself. Yes. Yeah. A little crazy. Um, he'll take on any mission you give him. He follows orders. 
I can I can assure you in this movie in your movie he will get the crap beat out of him. I feel like we we joked around about what kind of stereotypical things they have to require in their movies. Mel Gibson's is I have to get the crap kicked out of me. Yeah, he'll be tortured at some point. Yes, no doubt definitely. about it. Okay, I'm going with Elaine Moosey as my second pick. <laughs> young blood. He's the good young blood. Yep. I need an upstart, and again, I got the rock already. Give Moosey the rub. He's you know martial arts expert, obviously. He he's the guy. He's the guy for my team. I like it. That's this is definitely yours. Is the present and the future as of right now? Yeah. I, I could switch it up in round three and take Lee Marvin. Maybe. I'm just saying. Yeah, you. I hope you do. Ryan Campbell. All right. So I need somebody that I can count on that's going to do their own stunts. I need somebody that's not going to you know whine about their agent. That's going to sit in their trailer. I need someone that's going to invest not probably their own money because this guy's probably going to end up paying for some of this movie, and is going to just take it 100%. And I'm going Tom Cruise. I like it. I think he's still bankable. Uh, he's going to give me at least one utterly insane off the wall stunt that he'll do himself that I can then put as a bonus feature on the DVD. You know, he's either going to hang from a plane or he's going to do something stupid like that. So I, I, I want that in my movie. Makes sense. Chad. I, you started with that one and I, I was like cringing. I was like, please don't take my guy. Please don't take my guy. And my guy does some of those things. It's Jackie Chan. Yeah, I was kind of, I was, I was playing a little uh, bait and switch with that one. You got me, man. You had me. Um, I, I thought it. I thought the same thing until he said he would put some of his money in, and I'm like, yeah, uh, that's. That, that's I'm like, does he? I mean, he might. I'm like, I didn't think that was a Jackie Chan. Yeah, he's um, but yeah, he's he's gonna do his own stunts. He's gonna he's gonna add that that little comedic flair to it, different, you know, a little diversity to the group as well. You know, Clinton Mel are probably going to throw out a bunch of like uh, expletives and some uh, <laughs> controversial speak. Uh, so we'll bring Jack in there and he'll do some cool shit and have some great fight scenes and just be awesome. Like he always is. Well, you know, I, I'm looking at my team. You guys said, you know, obviously it's the present and the future. So I need a little wisdom. I need somebody who, you know, also kind of can do some things on his own, if need be kind of the guy to do some of the dirty work. I'm talking about my man, Charles Bronson absolutely has to be on my team. I wasn't even going to touch that one. So I knew that would, that, that's gotta be yours. Yeah. I wouldn't do it to you. Bronson, you know, there's a guy who just in the dark of night could go kill some people for us. <laughs> no questions asked. This is what we need. Maybe not the greatest team player, but it's all right. He's trustworthy. Oh, yeah. He gets it done. And that's what we need. We need a guy to get it done. All right, Ryan Campbell, we are at round four. Who is your next pick? So I'm a little conflicted here because I've already got my martial artist on the team. But we're we're four rounds in, and if I don't make this pick now, it may not come around to it. So I'm thinking I can probably get some of the depth I need on my team later down. So I I, I can't let Bruce Lee just sit out there. So I got to take Bruce Lee. Oh, the legend, Bruce Lee. How he slipped to the fourth round is, is somewhat of a mystery to me. That's great. That just shows how deep this field is. Chad, who who you got? I originally had someone else pegged for this role here. I'm looking for the muscle of my team right now. I'm looking for the big guy to carry the big gun, to be the muscle. And I had the rock in there, big personality, but he's gone. So I'm going to throw a little wild card in. I'm going to take Roddy Piper. Ah, oh, hot rod. Yep. 
He doesn't need to be in the movie, the entire movie, but he's going to be there for a bit. Kick some ass, chew some bubble gum. Yep. I like it. So I'm taking. He's expendable also as well. I'm going to go with, I think we need a pilot. We need a skilled pilot on my team for who knows what. You never know. So I'm going to go with the one and only Jason Gedrick of Iron Eagle fame. Oh, clever. I thought so. Yeah. And Tom Cruise was unavailable. But, you know, again, I'm I'm of the belief that Gedrick's better than Cruise anyway, as far as uh, <laughs> fighter jet movies are concerned. Brian Campbell, Whoa. round number five. So I got a few, a few holes to fill. I need my muscle and I think I need my comedic relief. So it's really just where I want to go with that. I think I'm going to go ahead and get my muscle, my quiet muscle. And I'm going to go with somebody who is somewhat of an up and comer, but I don't think has really made a, a bad action movie yet. I think he's, he's kind of picked his shots and he's been really good and, and played a good character. I'm going to go with Dave Batista. I like it. I think he's kind of, he's not only muscle, but he's also kind of methodical. He can also bring a little bit of comedic uh, time into it. He's kind of the total package, but not quite as overexposed as, as someone like the rock. So, right. Yeah. He, he's a little, yeah. He's kind of that next tier under the rock, but he's done, you know, exceptionally a lot better than you would have thought at first yeah he's ridden i mean he's yeah he's definitely had a couple his his earliest movies brain can probably they're pretty awful but yes. i enjoyed them though yeah i enjoyed him in uh james bond he, he oh yeah he's kind Great. of somewhat subdued you know with his little bowler hat or whatever his little hat capper hat and his kind of badassness and then you got uh kickboxer he was really good in kickboxer mm-hmm. yeah he's definitely found himself i think all right, Chad, what you got for us? Okay, so uh, fifth round, um, I want someone with some character, someone to who can make the most of limited time on screen, and that man is Steve James. He, definitely a, a great team player, um, definitely a great wingman. I mean, maybe the greatest wingman in all of action movies. Absolutely, and the guy that when Roddy Piper's character dies, he's going to pick up his, his massive machine gun. And carry on the mission. Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's coming. Okay, I'm going to go with somebody we talked about earlier. Uh, another veteran of the game. The Carl Weathers as my number five. He's done it before. Kind of help, you know, kind of be a mentor, I believe, to The Rock. He'd, he'd be good in that role. Mustache or no mustache? Mustache all the okay. way. Thank God. We're getting down to the nitty gritty now. Ryan Campbell, your sixth pick. Two more picks left, and I'm looking at my list here. And I see a lot of quiet guys. I see guys that are that are all business, but they're, they're kind of reserved. So I need a mouth. I need a guy that's just going to run his mouth the entire time and write checks that all these other guys are going to have to cash. Um, so for that role, I'm going with Will Smith. Ah. Plus, he's still somewhat bankable. You put his name on there, people are going to come see him. Yeah. Sixth round, Chad Cruz, who you got? All right. Well, you know, we're getting down towards the end here and listening to Ryan say that about his guy. I feel, I feel kind of the same way. I need a guy to come in and, and kind of bring, bring it to the table quickly and maybe push a little bit of the, uh, of the story along with the action. So I'm going to, I'm going to add Kurt Russell to my team. Mm, That's not surprising. Yeah. He's, I'm a big fan of his and, uh, pretty much everything he's ever done has been good, even Captain Ron. Especially Captain Ron. Especially um, Captain Ron. I'm going to go with somebody. Now, back in the day, I wouldn't pick him for this role, but the more modern day, 
uh, version of this man, I think, can play that quirky uh, oddball. And that's going to be the one and only, and I can't believe he's still on the list, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I saw him a few rounds ago. I'm like, man, how has nobody in this group taken JCVD yet? So, you know, nowadays, you know, he can play that uh, that weird guy, and I, I, I need a weird guy. I was just worried because he's not... He's never really done a team movie. He worked well with Moosey and the Kickboxer, so I'm going to go That's with true. that. Okay. All right, this is it. Seventh round. Final pick for each of us, Ryan Campbell. So far, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris, Tom Cruise, Bruce Lee, Dave Bautista, and Will Smith. Who is going to be your seventh and final pick? All right, so for my final pick, I wanted to go... This is my wild card. This is just... I think I've got all my holes filled. I've got my muscle. I've got my leaders. I've got my martial artists. I've got my mouths. So this is just kind of someone I want to just take and put with these guys. So I wanted to go someone that's done a little bit more B-movie, someone who's going to get the rub by being with these stars, and hopefully this is the thing that catapults them in. Uh, also a little bit of a wild card. You don't know. He could be the one that flies off the handle and gets the rest of the team in trouble. I'm going Scott Atkins. Oh. I've reviewed a ton of his movies on bulletproofaction.com. We I feel like we got a little a little thing going between the two of us. Uh so do you? Yeah. Does he ever retweet you? <laughs> if nothing else, if nothing else, I just want to find out what half of the curse words that he says in Avengement are. I, I still don't I'm, I watched that movie, I feel like it needs it needs to translate to English because I don't understand half of the British cursing that's going on in that movie. And if you know what it is, you can uh, reach out to Ryan on Twitter to explain. Uh, what's your what tw- Twitter handle there, Ryan? At Rykam in 7 There you go. Chad Cruz, your final pick. You have Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson, Jackie Chan, Roddy Piper, Steve James, Kurt Russell, and number seven? Well, you know, some of these guys on my team I want to keep around for a while. I want to keep Clint, Mel, Jackie, um, Steve James has got to hang out a bit. Roddy Piper's got to get some good scenes in. So I, I, I have space for one person to appear, give me one good scene of action, and then be killed off. And for that character, I've went ahead and chosen Lauren Avedon. I'm going to take him. He's going to throw some sweet kicks. Uh, he's going to have one just like... Ball to the balls to the wall scene, just lay it all out there and then be killed. And I'm okay with that. My final pick I've got The Rock, Elaine Moosey, Charles Bronson, Jason Gedrick, Carl Weathers, Jean Claude Van Damme. I'm gonna have to pick them. I'm gonna go with Mr. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> He's also a little bit of a yes. wild card. Hopefully, him, him and JCVD could put their past behind him and work yeah. together. Uh, hopefully, him and Carl Weathers could put their past <laughs> behind him. He killed the man. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you put those names on the poster, people are going to be like, what? That's right. That, see, this is going to, this is box office right here. Yeah. Nothing, nothing sells like Jason Gedrick. That, you got, thank you. He deserves it. He deserves it. I needed a pilot. I just, God's sake. Can All you right. imagine The Rock playing off Charles Bronson? That that right there is just... Uh, hey, Rocky. So, yeah. I like it. I like my team. I like all the teams. Maybe we'll put a, a poll up who's got the best team. Or maybe we'll allow you, the listeners, to tell us who you would like to uh, yeah. have on your personal Expendables team of seven. I'm just, the problem with that is somebody's going to undoubtedly pick like nine people. Um, but that's all right. <laughs> 
Uh, it's okay. You don't have to follow instructions. But I think this has been a fun activity. Draft day here on the Bulletproof Podcast. Uh, Chad Cruz, it's that time. What's coming up on the YouTube channel that everybody could subscribe to at Bulletproof Media? Well, we're finally going to break into some uh, some some action scenes that should have already been covered on the site. So we've got some some stuff coming from Bruce Lee and okay. some other legends of action that we have yet to cover. Yeah, um, you had a teaser last time. You said you're going to have an announcement for us. Yeah. Do you want that now? Well, if you want, if it's ready. Okay. okay so we're, we're working on some, I'm working on some stuff now that will be uh, action movie themed workout videos. Ooh. Oh. So if you think about some of your favorite action films that may or may not include uh, workout montages. Um, yeah. These are going to be legitimate workouts um that are inspired by films action films and and we'll we'll do the workouts we'll film them and you can follow along or you can watch them and just marvel at the uh the impressive bodies that uh that i'm gonna bring for the film for the, oh for the you're so, yeah I'm assembling your own uh, another team yeah probably not any of the people that we picked in our draft though i might be able to get lauren avidon i might be well, able to get it that'd be yeah. nice That'd be nice. Ticket. That's all he asked for. So, you know, hopefully, I can probably get him. Hopefully doesn't hear that you plan on killing him off. So, <laughs> yeah, I won't do that in real life. I promise, Lauren. All right. Well, that's something to look forward to again at Bulletproof Media on YouTube. I know you've, you've been really working towards that, Chad. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. And again, you can subscribe to that channel. Hit the little bell notification gimmick so you know anytime a new video pops up there. And uh, again, next time here on episode eight of the Bulletproof Podcast, it's going to be our Mark DeCosco's countdown. Looking forward to that. If you are our social media follower, obviously we'd love to hear your feedback on that because this is going to be a list that you help create. You are going to shape the show for episode eight. So that's very exciting. Who knows what, what the results are going to be. We'll all know on episode eight of the Bulletproof Podcast. But for right now, I am Chris the Brain for Chad Cruz and Ryan Campbell, and thank you for listening to the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 